We meet today in Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. We are looking at the first 10 verses. This chapter is dealing with Paul's experience with the apostles in Jerusalem. This is actually the second division of this personal section in the book called Galatians or the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Galatians. We have seen that the Lord Jesus Christ communicated the gospel directly with Paul. Was it the same gospel that the other apostles had received from the lips of the Lord Jesus? We will see the oneness of the gospel and Paul's experience with the apostles who were in Jerusalem. We will also see the communication of the gospel and see that the church in Jerusalem approved Paul's gospel. The church in Jerusalem did not give Paul the gospel, but they approved. His reception of the gospel was directly from the Lord Jesus. So in today's passage, the apostle shows for what purpose he, after many years, again went up to Jerusalem. And that is what verse 1 and verse 2 will deal with. And he also shows that Titus, who attended him, was not circumcised, lest the freedom of the Gentile converts from the law should be doubted. And that is what the apostle deals with in verses 3 to verse 5. In verse 6 to verse 10, the other apostles communicated no additional knowledge or authority to Paul, but they merely acknowledged his divine mission to the Gentiles. On the practical application and relevance of this passage of 10 verses, the Word in Life Study Bible has this to say, and I think and believe it has profound impact on our day-to-day -to -day living today. It says, If you have ever tried to resolve a deep-seated controversy, you may have found how easy it is to agree to disagree over a highly controversial issue, but how difficult it is to actually carry that out. It takes concerted effort. In his exchange with the apostles at Jerusalem, Paul demonstrated how believers should honor one another by seeking each other's counsel, especially when strong convictions and difficult issues are at stake. In this situation, the Jewish followers of Christ were finding that their faith was influenced by deeply rooted ethnic and cultural biases against Gentiles. Paul had once been a champion of Judaism, but then he became the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul came to Jerusalem to meet with the leaders of the Jewish believers and discuss his activities. Now, we would learn special elements from Paul's activities there. There are several elements in the encounter between the two positions, you see, the Jewish position and the Gentile position. Let us observe uh, some of the highlighted elements that are given here. The first one in Galatians chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 2. Paul shows that he voluntarily went to the leaders 
of the other side. This is a profound principle to follow in conflict resolution. Voluntarily, you go to the other group of those who are in the opposite team to seek reconciliation. And then, in verse 2, we also see that he met privately to discuss potentially volatile situation. Instead of just bringing a volatile situation into the open forum where you are subject to the psychology of the crowd, the psychology of the mob, he met privately with other people. We lack this skill in our interpersonal relationships and interpersonal communications, especially in this time. Verse 9 to verse, verse 2 to verse 9 actually shows that Paul sought the input of the recognized leaders in Jerusalem, meaning to say, even though you might find that people are talking issues, you must be able to have an eye that says who are the recognized leaders in that particular situation. And so he sought their input. He spoke with them. Fourthly, he evaluated his position and behavior in light of God's truth, in order to avoid working in vain. We need to constantly challenge ourselves to see if what we are doing is in line with the truth of God. Sometimes we may be so passionate about a certain behavior or a certain way of doing things when it is simply a cultural preference. Is it in line with the teaching of the word of God? Paul brought along an actual test case, the uncircumcised Titus. Sometimes Christians have been guilty of just talking without showing evidence. But in Paul's argument, he brought along with himself Titus, one who had become a believer. And he says, this one, even as they would listen to him confessing Jesus as Lord, testifying of the great salvation that he had received, they could see, here is the moment that we should not continue to burden the Gentile believers to carry out the requirements of the Jewish customs. You see, this caused some to demand that Titus conform to the Jewish rite of circumcision. But Paul was speaking with evidence right in his hand. The sixth observation is that clarity was actually achieved. But in this case, it did not require uniformity of practice. When issues have been clarified, especially in issues where there is a bit of conflict, there is misunderstanding, but when issues have been clarified, each position put in the light. There is no need to look for uniformity, but clarity. The seventh and final observation is that the leaders in Jerusalem actually reached agreement on another matter, which was the matter of saving the poor people among both Jews and the Gentiles. Whenever God's people come together to talk, God will always give them an agenda and says, this is the direction which you should go. Now, my friend, commitment to Christ calls for believers to pay each other honor and respect. Do you honor the other people? 
do you respect the other people? Even if they decide to agree to disagree, they still need each other. God has given us a world where there is diversity. We are diverse and it was in God's plan to make us diverse. So, as we look into Galatians chapter 2 verse 1 to verse 10, let us keep in mind that God's interest is for us to all come together and call him Abba, Father, Dad, because whether we come from a different culture than anyone else, we are all God's creation. And especially in Christ, there is no more differences. So let's talk about the experience of Paul with the apostles in Jerusalem, maybe in a more closer perspective. Galatians 2 verse 1. Then after 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and also took Titus with me. Now, it was a masterstroke of Paul to take Titus with him. Titus was a young preacher and a gentile. Now, this, I believe, was the first council in Jerusalem as recorded in Acts chapter 15. The question to be settled was whether men are saved by the grace of God or whether they should come in under the Mosaic law. Paul had Titus there as an exhibit number one. Titus had not been circumcised. Now, will he be forced to become circumcised? This was to become a very important matter now. This was to become a very important matter. You see, the Judaizers were going about saying that the church in Jerusalem held that all believers in Christ should be under the Mosaic law. All the men there at the Jerusalem church, which was an old Jewish church, had certainly been under the law. Many of them still went to the temple to worship. In fact, that must have been the Christian's meeting place. And Paul and Barnabas came there now to get the official word regarding law and grace. So we read Galatians chapter 2 verse 2. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. You see, Paul recognized that if he were preaching a different gospel from what the other apostles were preaching, there was something radically wrong. And Paul was willing to admit, if I were preaching a different gospel, I would be wrong. I have run in vain. You see, I have certainly been disillusioned and misinformed, Paul would say. So he basically agrees with the teaching that the other apostles were doing. Why does he go to Jerusalem? He goes to Jerusalem and there he seeks to communicate that gospel to the apostles as well. Galatians chapter 2, verse 3 to verse 4. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by 
stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Jesus Christ, that they might bring us into bondage. Now, out where Paul was preaching, some people had come into the church under false colors, you see. Apparently, they were not believers at all. They just came in to spy out the liberty which the believers had in Christ. They found out that this young preacher, Titus, who was a Greek, and Paul had not compelled him actually to be circumcised. So what will the church at Jerusalem decide about him? Paul says, well, they didn't compel him to be circumcised. They didn't listen to the false brethren. If they had, we would be put right back under the bondage of the Mosaic law rather than the enjoyment of the freedom by the Spirit of God and the freedom of Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 5 To whom we did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Paul stood by his guns if you like. These false brethren said, this man Titus who is here meeting with the church, and, and it was practically all Jewish then, has not even been circumcised. They are accusing Paul. But Paul here says, no, he is not going to be circumcised. He is as much a believer as any of you. He has been saved by faith apart from the law. He is not about to follow any part of the law for salvation. And this is a tremendous stand that Paul is making. It was good for Paul to make a stand right there at the beginning. The battles that began when the church was in its inception level still rages on even today. We are saved by grace plus nothing. Galatians chapter 2 verse 6 But from those who seemed to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seemed to be something added nothing to me. You see here, Paul says, we sat down with apostles. At least he did. And I suppose Barnabas and Titus were there also. He said, we sat down with apostles and communicated the gospel. They said, now, brother Paul, we have been hearing these reports. Tell us what you preach. And Paul told them. Paul now actually finds out that these apostles didn't have anything to add to what he was preaching. He was preaching the gospel of the grace of God. They were preaching the grace of God as well. Now, they find they are all in full agreement. They are all preaching the same gospel. And that is tremendous. But you see, Paul recognized that there were people who were respectable there and he met with them to find out. They were almost saying, let us hear what you are saying. Let us hear what, what do you think about this subject? What do you think about eternal security of a believer, so to say? They found that they were all in agreement. And I'm sure having found to be so, they even embraced one another and thanked God for the unity around the person of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 7 But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised, 
was to Peter. Now, let's understand that these are not two Gospels in the sense of Peter's Gospel and Paul's Gospel. No, these men were in complete agreement, Paul and Peter. The Gospel of the circumcision and the Gospel of the uncircumcision refer to the groups the Gospel was going to. The Gentiles were the, were the group that Paul was speaking to. He was called to go to the Gentiles, the uncircumcised. Peter was called to go to his own Jewish brethren who were the circumcised. Galatians chapter 2, verse 8. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Now, Paul is basically saying the proof of the pudding is in the eating. What results were they getting? Well, when Peter preached the gospel, quite a few people were saved. When Paul preached the gospel, some people were saved. And they were both preaching the same gospel. Except that their assignments were to a different audience. Paul was given an audience of the Gentiles. Peter had a Jewish audience. But all of them, they were working for the Lord. God had committed all of this to these, his people. Now bringing this principle down to where we live, the real test of any Christian work is not promotion. The real test is the result it gets. God's people should be very sure that they are supporting even a ministry that gets the result. If it is not producing the results, why in the world do you support it? Paul had results, Peter had results, and God was using them. And that is the important thing. Galatians 2 verse 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, uh, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. This is wonderful. This is good news. Having discovered, oh, we are on course, we are on target, we are together in this God-given business, they gave them a right hand of fellowship. The apostles accepted Paul's apostleship. The right hand of fellowship here, again, fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, one of the great words of the gospel and the highest expression of a personal relationship. It means sharing in the things of Christ. It means partnership in the ministry that we have been given. This is wonderful. Galatians 2 verse 10. They desired only that we should remember the poor. The very thing which I also was eager to do. Praise God. You see here, Paul came back later with an offering for the poor saints in Jerusalem because that church had been persecuted and was in a sad condition because Paul himself, before his conversion, had led the persecution. He wanted to bring the gift for the church in Jerusalem with his own hands. Here are God's people who have come together. They are wanting to resolve issues 
issues have been clarified, but God will not only clarify issues, but he will also give a task to be done. For the church in Jerusalem, they all came together. We have needy brothers among the Gentiles. We have needy brothers among the Jews. We as a church must support them equally. That is good news. And you could say this was social service for them. A thing that maybe we modern church people are actually guilty of not doing. We lack, especially in the area of service. James in his very practical epistle says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James 2 verse 15 to verse 17. You see here the apostles in Jerusalem said, Now, brother Paul, don't forget to help the poor people. And Paul said, That was the very thing I was so eager to do. Are you eager to help the poor? Are you eager to help those in need? Remember, James would even said, Pure religion is this that you look after widows, you look after orphans, and to keep yourself from being polluted by the world. They were in agreement. What reconciliation does, when people are unwilling even to swallow their pride and go to the other and find an understanding, a great understanding was achieved, conflicts resolved, at the same time, a mission was set before them. What mission are you on, my friend? To serve God by ministering to those in need. For the name of God can only be known to those who are in need when those who God has touched with his own grace can go there and minister to them in the name of the Lord. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's The Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.